Very annoying. Great job. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian AF podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Evan. Oh, we don't this do this at terrible. the beginning. Why are we doing this? Stop it. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today is, is part two of a two part, probably five part, would end up being because there's, I feel like there's more information to talk about. But yeah, on the Hillsong, uh, Hillsong Mega doc- Church Exposed. Mega Church Exposed. It's loosely based off of the Hillsong Megachurch Exposed documentary on Discovery Plus. Also, Discovery Plus, if you're listening, give us some of that Discovery Plus money. Sure, we'll take um, it. Chip and JoJo's share. Yeah, Chip and we'll, Yeah, they're Christians. They, yeah, they're faithful followers fine. of Christ. We um, still have our friend Jordan here, and yeah. uh, we're going to keep working our way through Megachurch, the pitfalls, the pros. We don't know yet. Narcissism. Narcissism. The golden calves. Yes. It's going to be good. So sit back. Grab a glass Relax. of wine. <laughs> glass of oh, wine. Yeah, we Today's are all wine drinking day. wine. It's a wine except, day. I mean, except for Jordan. And May the 4th be with you. Uh, <laughs> we did record on May the 4th. Yay. <laughs> it's Harry Potter, right? Yeah, Harry Potter. Even I know that. Hello, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is a part two episode of the last episode. Uh <laughs> Uh, Jordan's still with us. We've been here for weeks, just talking. Uh, I haven't moved probably, from the spot. We yeah. probably could do <laughs> that. Probably could have just just um, used the bathroom. Yeah. So we realized as we were finishing up, wrapping up, we barely touched on Hillsong and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the the actual documentary we were talking about. Um, as well as I just blew past who Jordan was. Nobody, nobody knows. Just a mystery um, man. Mystery man, just with a voice on our podcast. Jordan, do you want to give a little? A little brief history of you. Sure. Okay, cool. I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Spent a big portion of my life there. Very small church. Very charismatic. Shofars. Shofars. Flags. Um, flags. flags. We made, even made, yeah, ribbons. We made wooden swords. Braveheart was really important. <laughs> um, but they were very formative uh, years. My dad was an associate pastor, and we were talking about the whole Toronto movement. There was, you know, in the 90s, our church really took that on. Yeah. However, my dad was very apprehensive about it, even the pastor, but it was interesting. My dad and I were talking about this the other day. During that time, uh, our pastor said, you know, my role is really to shepherd people through this kind of movement yeah. whether and just be faithful to god so he even though he didn't necessarily agree with some of the stuff mm. um, or saw kind of some of the potential issues with it he was still very faithful to lead huh. um <clears throat> how like mature and yeah oh yeah he's a wise <laughs> wise man my dad Ooh. the same thing during that time people talk about how my dad was very faithful as well just kind of still mm-hmm. st- both very grounding people during that time, which yeah, um, for some people is very, very different. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so moved. Uh, my parents are originally from Rockford, so we moved up in uh, right before I started high school. So I went to uh, a Christian high school, um, and uh, so as part of another Assemblies of God affiliated kind of Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, church and uh, or school and uh so that was pretty still pretty formative but uh 
Um, yeah. So, and then the last several years been more of a, um, in more of the evangelical, more conservative side, I'd say. And, um, but ever since I was pretty, pretty young, or at least when I finished high school, just always kind of, there's something not right, you know, like as far as, and that's when, you know, you really start looking at your faith and how it, um, and, and just the American church culture. And so, um, where they, and at least my view was very conflicting. So there was, a. um, so some of the stuff you see nowadays where like, oh, January 6th, like, and you know, that political movement that was so tied to Christianity, like I had those issues and concerns even years ago. And so there's the last couple of years have been really like, uh, kind of all those things in the forefront and being able to kind of step back from all that and think more clearly. So a lot of people say deconstruction, but, um, reconstruction, reconstruction, we say renovating, 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 renovating. Yeah. So, um, but I am my, uh, I've got, uh, um, been married for 13 years. Chip and Jojo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, married 13 years. I've got uh, no kids, but I do have a furry baby, um, and uh, yeah, I've been in worked. My main um, area of work is uh, like HR type stuff. So when I hear about like Hillsong stuff <laughs> or anything with, is like the oh. HR red <laughs> yeah. flags go off all the time, and um, so I think that's why some of this stuff is pretty interesting to me. Yeah, mm. sweet. Thanks for that recap. Yeah. Didn't mean also, to on the on the side, like as far as how I know these guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I recorded uh, on the side. I do music, and I recorded and helped produce uh, the Lone Canaries last album. That's my band. Award Weird. winning album. Whoa! Oh, oh, yeah, award yeah. winning. <laughs> we have look at all those Rammies over here. <clears throat> yeah, you should give me one. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably have one. just take one. Uh, we'll, we'll sign it. Um, Jesse will sign it over to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but we finished that album. We were going to go uh, with CD release show, and about a couple weeks later, everything shut down. So, yeah, yeah. Woo, great time, 20, 20. Yeah. great time. But we got the ring. Yeah. So. We're recording again. Does it come on cassette? Yeah. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> a cassette we should, we sure, we'll it. make That's one nice just cheap. for you. Can uh, you play a cassette anywhere? Uh, <laughs> My car doesn't even have a CD player. I got a cassette player somewhere. I'm sure <laughs> I got some. I got a Walkman somewhere. <laughs> Well, okay, let's hit what we're drinking real quick, and we'll actually get into this episode. Uh, you you didn't uh, bring it in, so you're going to... Do you remember what you drank, Jordan? What did you pour from the bar? Oh, Templeton. Templeton. Rye. Templeton Rye. Got it. Okay. Templeton Rye. So uh, we got that going on. Today, Jen and I are sharing a bottle of Upshot Red Wine Blend. Uh, Delish. It's good. Two, eighteen vintage. Mm. Little notes mm. of leather and, and uh, uh, elk. Grass clippings. Uh, <laughs> elk. Yeah. <laughs> like the blood so of meaty. baby elk. Blood of elk. <laughs> Two years. No. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's delicious. Good mm. Good uh, wine for the price. Good stuff. I am drinking a bottle of wine today. So this is the first, I think. Right? I don't think oh, you, you haven't had wine in here. Mm-hmm. Not in here, no. Look at I'm you. drinking L.A. I'm assuming this is Chetto. Chetto. Uh, I would say. It's Private Reserve Cabernet 
Salvignan. <laughs> Sal- Is that how you say it? <laughs> a, a Cabernet. Salvignan. Yeah, Salvignan. <laughs> uh, Cabernet. Uh, it's a 2016. Oh, that's a good vintage year. from Mexico, from Va- Valle de Guadalupe, Baja, California. Oh, Baja, Boy. Baja, Perfect. California. <laughs> wow, really. Well, we got through great. that. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's a, it's like a it's super dry, spicy, a little bit spicy in there. Nice. It's not bad. Cool. I tried it. Um, so we probably should say. It's been a few weeks since we recorded part one of this. Uh, and so we're going to do our best to touch back on some of the things that uh, we already talked about, but also hopefully get to a little more of the, the documentary. Ag- the, documentary. The, but the whole point of us getting uh, together. Don't hold us to that. We're going to just see where things yeah. go. Um, but just kind of, we felt like we left the conversation um, not quite as settled as we would have liked. So we had Jordan come back. And, and he might have to come back for a third part. <laughs> See how this goes. <laughs> Just, uh, I was going to try and come up with a good, like how we call it conversations with Craig, but I was going to uh, jabbing with Jordan. Jabbing with Jordan. Jibber jabber. Jibber jabbing with Jordan. So, yeah. Um, so, I think there was from the previous episode, there we were going to kind of talk a little bit more about, um, the dominionism and the mountains, the seven mountains, right? Is that what we wanted to start with? Um, sure. Which was new to me. I, I had I re- no idea. I was from. I still don't know what, what I've learned as a Pentecostalish family. I think your family became Pentecostal. I feel like they've been there for a bit. <laughs> but you didn't grow up in like a Pentecostal. You went to no, like, no. We no. grew up in a evangelical church. Yeah, but they were assemblies very... of God based though. No, no, no. Not... no. Oh no, that's the other one. Into no, no. Right uh, but it. I think they themselves gotcha. uh, came. I don't know where they went before. <laughs> Pentecostal backgrounds. I don't know. They seem very Pentecostal. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, Jordan. So, okay. <laughs> well, um, so one of the catalysts to this, I think, is. Uh, uh, Brian Houston's The Church I See, mm-hmm. like that was his vision. And a lot of that, if you really look at it, it comes from, I believe, the the more Pentecostal viewpoint of dominionism, which is about, in order to bring about, you know, the end times or the kingdom of God to earth or Christ's return, however you want to say it, is that you um, have to uh, infiltrate and conquer uh, seven mountains of influence. Mm. Uh, which comes from a vision that um, both uh, the the guy that started YWAM and the guy that started a Campus Crusades uh, really got this vision, I think, from an interpretations of uh, uh, Scripture. But it was all about, instead of, you know, us being separate from the world, it's about, like, oh, we actually have to influence and take over these seven areas. Those seven areas being education, religion, family, business— uh, government, arts, entertainment, and then media. Um, but there was a comment you made, Jen, mm-hmm. last time where you were talking about, normally the Christians I know are like, they separate themselves. And I recently heard a interview with uh, the pastors of Bethel, which is also very Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Bill... If I not think, the epicenter of the circle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, if you, you know, think it, Bill Johnson and yeah. Walter uh, Lance Wallnow both wrote a book that was all about this. Yeah. It was the Kingdom Now movement. And Bill Johnson is the lead pastor of Bethel. Uh-huh. 
But he's kind of separated himself because what you see is Lance Wallnau, who's like, no, like full in the political movement and totally devoid of like, we got to totally devoid of, I think, a lot of um, uh, Christianity. And whereas Bill Johnson is trying to separate himself from Lance Wallnau and saying, no, it's a little more nuanced. But these pastors were talking about they grew up fundamental or some of them did, and they were told, you know, is that during that time it was like, no, we got to separate ourselves from the world. You got to chop down the tree, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't even exist. And then dominionism is like, oh, no, now we got to be a part of the world. But it is done in a way that's about influence and infiltrating. So to me, it's like kind of the same thing, um, but totally opposite ends of the spectrum, with I think the response still being you're making a kingdom of your own. Yeah. Um, yeah the, so, so Hillsong really comes from that mindset, but just to kind of address the whole, yeah. you know, separating most fundamental, probably separate themselves. Yeah. Just which so I know. understand, and I might be getting this wrong. Is the, is the whole concept behind the idea of that to, to bring on Jesus coming back? Is that like, if we, if we conquer all these things, we do this, 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 then it'll start that motion. Yes. Or the idea that, the kingdom of God will then reign on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's nuances to the interpretations, but yes, it's mm. about doing these things. Is the assumption if you I don't, think like the it will core. never happen. I think that's some of the assumption. Yeah. So like God can't just do it on his right. own time. Right. Or oh, it's cool. not. Well, yeah, it's right. like right. the I just want to make sure I'm understanding well, there's the that general heart, idea yeah, from what I know. There's like the fringy uh, Pentecost. Not, I guess they're not that fringe, but <clears throat> like the, well, I think we talked for a second about the NAR new apostolic reformation which is that their like whole thing is if we do xyz then jesus will return um and it's conquering we need to conquer the world create it's almost like like uh it's almost like alex jonesy like one world government but like pentecostal cool kind of a thing is mm-hmm. that's a uh, cp wagner and and his and his boys man it just seems so old thinking to me. I, Which like, Bill Johnson, like, Bill Johnson, there like people think he's a part of the NAR, which he might be. I don't know. I I don't like Bethel, <laughs> but the they they uh especially like the school of magic and wizardry, whatever they call the the healing, <laughs> magic and healing or don't they have pretty good like their music the that music, comes out yeah, of there is pretty thing, good? Yeah. That's all the Pentecostal church. Like all yeah. the big ones, all the big charismatic movement churches are really good at music. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, which comes from like even Vineyard, they're a big in yeah. the music. That it all kind of flows. Which to me seems like oh, there's something about the arts and the the uh, Christian's role in the arts. Um, and that could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but there is something, um, that I think translates to okay, music is so influential. Oh, now I can expand this beyond like. Our music can get in, and that's how Hillsong kind of started. It was mm-hmm. early '90s. They um, were known as the Hills Christian, Christian. Life Center, yeah. and then um, they changed their name based on the band's, the worship band's name. And what was the other song? <clears throat> there was a Christian band with song in the name. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Mm. New song. New song. Mm. Remember new song? I know the name. I don't. They weren't good. But. Okay, cool. I think it, it is interesting though. Like, um, <laughs> if you're ta- if you're looking at it from a like being kind of conquering those the seven mountains concept and 
being of the world and all of this stuff, like the idea that they're excelling in music. I mean, I I just didn't even think of like, oh, that's it's just really valuable to them to be like if you can get non-Christian people to enjoy your music, that's kind of because I grew up like the only Christian music I knew was like hymns. But then when I started listening to Christian quote unquote music in high school, I was like, most of this is terrible. Like just corny, doesn't sound good. <laughs> like right. sounds like it's from 20 years ago. But what they're doing, and Bethel would be that way, but they're making something so much that sounds like stuff people would want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also like that's worship music, which I just didn't know was really an option until probably well, when we started our church, you know, where I started to kind of get into other <laughs> worship music. I didn't even know it was an option there. But right. well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like, I mean, short of gospel, like I love some if you gospel. put some gospel on that feels nice, but like, like you're struggling to get people to listen to any other kind of Christian music naturally. <laughs> and that's why uh, Tooth and Nail started. Mm, uh, no, yeah. it's <laughs> Next PX. That's right. It's good I did listen to a lot of that. Yeah. That, I mean, that was tolerable as a young angsty kid. <laughs> <laughs> I know it didn't feel good. It was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm angry, but Jesus also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ska and skank all day. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, so as far as Hillsong, it's like, yeah, that influence of the music and impact is like, oh, wow. How My guess is that that's having impact. And so how do we take this further? And you have two extremes of it. You have people more like Bill Johnson who was like, well, no, we got to be a little more nuanced and careful with this. And and then you have other people like Lance Wallnow who's like, no, we got to infiltrate and be like extreme. So there are variations in a continuum to how that this is viewed. But the thing that I'm starting to realize is that one of the ideas is if you're if you are willing to infiltrate or support certain people of power in these seven spheres, then sometimes you're okay with even non-believers and how those non-believers may actually impact. So, um, and that's, you kind of see that with people's view of um, presidents and Mm -hmm. being, oh, this person's called by God and we have Mm -hmm. to support that. Mm -hmm. And a president of like no character. So we... Which president? Yeah. Which president? Which we're like... Okay, if there's just hypothetical, Thomas yeah, yeah. Jefferson, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hamilton, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're willing to like negate or say character's not important because this person is having influence, well, they a, may not be a believer. It's a role in the next step. Yeah, it's right? a role in the next step. Yeah. But if you're do if you're giving that, I see this as okay. You're saying okay, that president has no character. That's okay. But we're gonna get we're gonna accomplish something. Yeah. I think then translates backwards to then, mm-hmm. okay, now we have Christian leaders. Ah, we'll kind of be okay if they're not of good character, which yeah. we saw with Carl Lentz. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, it's and that, Frank uh... Houston and Brian. Yeah, so if, if <laughs> like you're giving whole, that freedom that. and like, okay, with you know bad, poor character, then you start saying, okay, well, if it's working there in the world, maybe we're okay making that work yeah. in the mm-hmm. church. <laughs> because they have the vision and they have the <clears throat> quote-unquote leadership skills to continue our vision they, or whatever but they have the uh i mean this was kind of with the rise and fall thing um but really i think something that has been with the, this downfall of 
various pastors, whether it's Carl Lentz or even non-charismatic guys like uh, who's the who's the uh, well Bill Hybels, but who's the dude from like Mark Driscoll but tall and big from <laughs> oh, Chicago? What's his James name? James McDonald. James McDonald. I was like, what? I was like, what is he like? Any relation? Uh, no. Yeah. Or the, no. Oh, yeah. No. Only well. <laughs> no. <Never mind. laughs> uh, He's like, he's only my uncle. (laughs) He's the one that passes out those uh, Big Macs at Christmas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The, uh, but there was a, the, I think the, the exposure has has taken place of uh, churches for the past, probably 20 or 30 years have seen charisma uh, or the, the charisma versus character, uh, paradox or dichotomy i guess right like we want the our lead pastor we want we care more about the charisma do they have good stage presence do are they able to draw a crowd over the character development like do are they people of high character do they have um uh are they pastoral in some way i mean i don't know what that word if you saw me you probably would never guess i'm a pastor but the or talk to me. Or <laughs> uh, look at that homeless man. Yeah, he drinks a lot. He drinks way <laughs> too much. Uh, did he just say the f word? Um, the but you know so so there's that char- the charisma versus character thing, and this came to a head in the in the re- past decade, and I think with the firing of Carl Lentz, who was kind of not just Hillsong's like like. Face. Golden boy, golden boy is what they say. Not just Hillsong's golden boy. He was like the conference golden boy. Yeah. Like the first time I saw Carl Lentz, I was at a conference. You told this on another episode. Oh, did I? Last episode. Oh, no. That was Stephen Furtick. No, he was at the about conference. Furtick. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Talking about Furtick? You were talking about Furtick getting mad okay, about the you're sound right. issue. Oh, get, you're yeah, right. That's Furtick right. getting mad about My bad. So the first time I saw Carl Lentz was at a conference, and. uh I leaned over to my buddy. Oh, you did I, say this part. Did I say this? Yeah, you no, did. I remember. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the middle of like, so if you want to find out, wrong. if you want to find out more about that story, go to part one. Go That's to part right. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but hit that like. But like, it's funny because I, you know, I was sitting at this conference. This was a conference of all a whole bunch of charismatic churches, um, at the largest charismatic church in the country, and um, we're sitting there in this room. And one of the things that I noticed relatively quickly is that one, the leaders of this conference, like half of them had affairs at some point, <laughs> which I was like, this is bizarre. Like since or no before. Oh, before. Okay. Yeah. Like, like public knowledge. Oh, that guy had a fair, that guy had a fair. Like, okay. Oh, this is sweet. This is healthy. And then the other thing was, um, there is a culture of like an honor culture thing mm. where it's like, Everybody get to your feet, stand up and give a hand clap because you and give great honor or whatever to pastor, blah, 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 blah. And then the crowd goes wild. And then there's like 15 minutes where the guy who's supposed to be giving like a talk or a sermon is like, thank you, Pastor Dave. Thank you, Pastor Dale. Thank you. You are my spiritual leaders, blah, 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 blah. I want to honor you this evening. This is such great. I'm like, okay, shut up and get to the point. Like. (laughs) Nobody cares of how important you feel you are or how important your friends feel that they are. Just teach us something. And then, of course, they never teach anything. Yeah. It's just self-love. Like, yeah. 
Well, that I mean, we've it's talked, ego. It's ego. It's 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 a building up of sorry. No, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, but the, I mean, I, while I, I that thing I sent out uh, before this, we were talking about uh, about uh, should we be singing Hillsong? You know, uh, songs in church now. And I, one article is kind of like giving. Is I, was the Christianity Day? I think mm-hmm. I barely read it. I skimmed it, and I was like, oh, maybe that's important. And I didn't read it, but uh, but <laughs> I did skim it. And there's like one port. Uh, point that somebody made was like, well, you know, uh, if we're talking about like examples, like David, you know, as in, uh, he, I mean, maybe this wasn't fully said in this article, but I mean, it's a good point. Should we be uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater again? We've talked about this in the yeah. past, but I think when we were talking about Carl Lentz is the fact that we're living in such a cancel culture. You want to see those people burn a little bit when they do something dumb, right? You know, yeah. some, some terrible um, is it so much so that you should be okay with them burning for the rest of their lives and hit, yeah. landing hard like Mark Driscoll and all these people? Yeah, but did he land hard? He started a new church and well, he's no, just fine. But he's that's coming the... back. But I think that's the hard part is like he saying is, where's, he's where's the back. change? I mean, you like, can like people from yeah. like biblical standpoint that we look up to now and talk about like like King David <clears throat> killed a dude. To have his wife and had a harem and had a hair like like how quickly yeah. would like I mean look at the examples but yeah. you also are seeing like that's a guy a guy after God's own heart mm-hmm. like where's the where's the forgiveness aspect or not like should we well, ever like I think there is it a, comes uh, with character obviously yeah a change and there is like obviously culture you're talking King David was three thousand years ago so you're talking yeah I mean yeah. who didn't kill a guy back yeah, then? who didn't kill a guy and who <laughs> didn't have a harem let's be real. Sounds nice. No, I'm just kidding. The, but yeah, right. You would that hate every second like, of that. Ugh. Can I just go sit over here yeah, for a minute? Can I, wait, I can't. You want me to do the dishes, and you want me to do the dishes, and you want me to do the dishes. Can we stop with the dishes, please? <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, the no, yeah. I mean, so there is like de- definitively a cultural difference, and there is like from scripture we see David was, um, wrote, like even though he kept doing stupid stuff and. Uh, was a terrible dad and, stuff and everything. Uh, uh, we see, we do see a heart of repentance with David, um, which is part of the reason why he's called a man after God's own heart because he recognizes his own folly. He recognizes his own depravity, which is Mark Driscoll did not do. No. I agree. Yes, I guess. So, I guess he's so, a point where I saw Mark Driscoll s- s- preached at my buddy's church. Last Sunday, it showed up what? on Facebook. Really, my Facebook page. He was like, "Man, I'm so I'm so happy that my pastor is here to preach." Of course, that's stupid. Whatever. And I saw it was Mark Driscoll, and I put on immediately on like for every, the whole world to see. I was like, "You cannot be this out of touch and delusional. Yeah. Like you can't be. Like I get it that he's your buddy, and you worked for him for ten years, but you can't be that delusional. Like like I everybody and their stuff. mom knows." What this what this dude did? He ruined thousands of people's lives. Yeah. Like, come on! And we're letting and, him, and spiritual lives. Beyond you're, yeah, you're yeah. giving him the opportunity to do it again, whether yeah. or not he is. So I think I, I guess oh, that's the hard for part sure. for me. It's, like yeah. going through this whole thing, we'll get into other aspects of the Hillsong thing too. But like looking at the failures of them and and where they are now? Question mark. You know, like I think there's still on their fall. Yeah. Um. Is there ever a point where I don't think this culture will ever be accepting or forgiving short of the people that didn't no, uh, yeah. place blame in the first place. Yeah. We're not you know, a forgiving culture. I don't think that's doable anymore. Like, I feel like 
as I a think, whole. I think the sorry, go ahead, Jordan. No, no, no. Um, I think the mentality has to change. Um, obviously, we talk about this all the time on the <clears throat> on this show, but the mentality of how we view pastors and see pastors has to change. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, like pastors, and this we could probably this probably goes with a whole leadership discussion, but pastors. Um, the idea of kind of singular, um, uh, we talked about this with Craig, kind of like a like a a lord of his own estate kind of a situation. Uh, that is not. That's never. That was not the intention of what the church is to be, or what church leadership was to look like, or what the role of a pastor um, is supposed to be. Um, and so, I would say. We shouldn't give room for that because we should revamp the system in the United States. Like, yeah, we should give them room to be able to come back into community, like a loving and gracious uh, Christian community, of course. Like, the, the say no to that is really dumb. But I think instead of being like, should they be lead pastor somewhere? Like, no. But it's not because they can't do it, but it's because we as the church and as as people need to rethink and radicalize and it'll go back to the beginning of what the church is supposed to look like. That's what radical means. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, go back to the beginning mm-hmm. of what the church was supposed to be instead of still doing the same mistake, making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. With, you know, well, like if you're a, a CFO of a that company, said, I'm the I'm a lead pastor of a church, <laughs> but if you're like the CFO of a company and you launder money and you get caught, yeah. are you ever going to be a CFO again? Absolutely not. No. Right. Yeah. So why do we, why and I don't think it's specific to just um, pastors. I think church leadership, but also like celebrity in general. We raise these people up to a point of like when they do let us down. Um, for some reason, we think, oh well, you know, they can do it. Like they can fix that. They can like let's give them a second opportunity. Or we go the opposite way and it's full cancel culture. But then there's no support there's no saying like yeah you probably you know you're not going to be able to lead a church again however you're still human you still have something to contribute we just need like there's no conversation it's either like you're mark driscoll you burn something to the ground you walk away and you start all over again yeah or you're carl lentz you get fired and nobody sees you for two years (laughs) like what's happening his wife's what's happening I was like, it's Carly, his big beard and long hair now. Because he doesn't want anyone yeah. to know who he is. Um, but I just think it's interesting. He's like, still hot as heck, though. <laughs> he's not, though. <laughs> as the woman at this table, he's not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just very curious. Do you think I... he manscapes? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that company that reached out well, to female us. Well, female waxer. Yeah, the, for sure. The sweaty balls or whatever that company uh, was. Yeah. Smooth, smooth my balls. balls. Yes. That's what it was. Could have been um, could have been monetizing this bad boy a long time day ago. Day one, we could have been <laughs> sponsored by. Go ahead, Jen, sorry, I don't Go know ahead, what Jen. I was going to say now. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone. I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I guess like I, I'll try not to dig too hard into that unless you want to have anything to add. To well, it. I, I would just say first of all, I think Evan, you're right. Like if we're if these high leaders because they've gotten to the level of celebrity fall or fail it should be a rethinking it should be kind of a sign saying oh maybe this model doesn't work okay Mm -hmm. and so you have a lot of people like mark driscoll just trying to get back to that Mm -hmm. which is just 
Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, and yeah. It, be, it becomes, I think it's an interest, interesting thing because it becomes about influence, right? Like kind of yeah. those seven mountains thing. Uh, it becomes about influence. It becomes about regaining the the influence that you had lost. Um, and the, and it and it stops becoming about truly what the kingdom of God is. It stops being about the kingdom. It stops really being about spreading the gospel. And it's, it's narcissistic behavior is what it is. It's how can I get back to... Which brings another question that we wrote down. Is it necessary to be a narcissist in a large church, uh, leading a large church? Um, not, I wouldn't say necessary. That's, a, that's probably a harder inevitable? word. Inevitable? Well, is, is it inevitable? Uh, I feel like partially necessary, but inevitable. Let's just say that. Is it, is it bound to happen regardless? Well, anybody who can say, I can lead hundreds of people. That was has a level yeah. of narcissism. Yeah. yeah. Just automatically. Even Jesus? <laughs> well, <laughs> zing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> well, if the narcissism is not informed or, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying there, but. <laughs> yeah, how um, do you answer that question? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it depends on, like, uh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, it, it we're gonna keep a buzzer. It is an assumption that oh, this person in authority has authority, mm-hmm. as opposed to oh, what and so, so the idea of like leading um, a large group of people, it, there is a level of narcissism, which is interesting to think. Okay, well then, if narcissism is bad, um, then you should again be questioning the model, the model of mm-hmm. the church. Yeah. Um, because I would say, man, just imagine if Mark Driscoll did not, or somebody like that does not go back to power, how much more impactful they would be if they were actually like doing like more pastoring people and repentant about it. If he was, yeah. like how much um, more impact could it have on people's spiritual life to say, here's somebody that failed and now is repentant and is not going back to that same thing? And can have a totally different level of of impact and work for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That going to the status of the pulpit is the most important thing in the world. Um, it would just be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm just curious if there are those stories. I don't. We don't hear about them, or I don't. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there was a the little the whoever Mark Driscoll's number two guy was at the end. He has started you the know, executive guy. Yeah, yeah. Who everybody hated. Yes. Um, but he has started that process. Like, I think sure. he, he realized he was like, right. you know, I gotta, I gotta at least reconcile that people might still hate my guts, but I have to at least, at have least to for public image. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> it wasn't really public yeah. until the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, and you have a lot of people who are still rejecting him. Yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, yeah. he's still doing, trying yeah, to do the work. Is he the one who like reached out to people, yeah, met yeah, with yeah. everyone he heard mm-hmm. or tried to? And from what I understand, like he, like, so uh, from that podcast, um, he, I think ended up just being kind of the scapegoat of everything. Cause he showed up right when everything, right before everything started getting bad. I can't remember his name to save my life. It's like right there, but he showed up right before Mark something. I think it is Mark. I think his name is Mark, but Mark Triscoll. <laughs> <laughs> but Maybe like, I, I, might. <laughs> I think it is. It is probably Mark. I think it is Mark or Eric or something. But he oh. <laughs> something some, white or some white guy named and uh, <laughs> Jordan and uh, <laughs> uh, 
but he he showed up right he happened to show up right when everything started to get exposed which could mean one of two things either he was the cause which he wasn't or his presence allowed the exposure of things hmm. right because he was like the organizer he was the eight like the he was the guy to kind of fix the problem. That's what he was brought in, like fix the issues. And because he was there, so he ended up, I think, being now he's. I don't think he did things well, but he ended up being kind of the scapegoat for a lot of people, uh, which just means he wasn't made to do the job that he was asked to do. He wasn't. That's that he probably shouldn't have been doing it. But more in terms of like, um, when I think of. Like the, I would say this, you know, uh, having, I worked in a, 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 two fairly large churches back to the narcissism thing. I think, uh, there is a level of narciss of narcissism or narcissistic tendencies. I would say like, you have to feel like you're important to get up and talk to a bunch of people, right? Like I fight those, those tendencies all the time. You know, I think there is that certain thing, but I've also been at a large church that uh, a free Methodist church, which is like conservative Methodist where my pastor, we were a church about 2,500 people and our pastor is like the most, he was, the, he's no longer there. He stepped down um, to be the leader of the free Methodist, but he, um, the most humble guy I've ever met in my entire life. Just, he, he always said, you know, I never intended for this. And once I got to a certain point, he was like, I can't, I can't do this. And so that that's when the free methods were like, Hey, do you want to be like our Bishop, like our Pope? And he was like, I guess. <sighs> and so now he just travels the world and meets with Africans and stuff. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I have this, you can, you guys can push back on this, but I have this, this, I do agree with the narcissism thing. I think it is somewhat inevitable of, of I think for this model. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for for it, but I I feel that it's because as fellow Christians who are in these churches, we've chosen a path that makes the pastor an idol to a point yeah. and that feeds narcissism. We're all narcissistic to some it, we all have it. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Like you fight this urge on Sundays to not feel like you're like, the Im important. the important yeah. part, right? And but you're self aware enough in in a community that's not going to let that happen. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you'd be okay. <laughs> uh, but if you are part of a if you're or or you are building yourself your own this community where you're creating a, essentially a false idol, right? Of saying like, what is Sunday morning focus on? It's yeah. focusing on the guy who is mm -hmm. preaching, right? And then yeah. like all, everything else is surrounds that. But if you look at this, especially if we're talking about this, um, the documentary, like the weeks when Carl was there was like, I mean, it was a huge deal. Like yeah. everything's focused on this, these people, these if, humans showing up. If your church up. has a green room. Stop <laughs> Security team. Yeah. Uh, but I think what we, you know, we're also as fellow Christians are somewhat to blame for this. Like, it's not just this, these guys on power trips. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not Carl Lentz's fault that he, he's a product of the system. Yeah. Not the cause of the system. And I think right. it comes down to a, like the way we view church as a whole. And we talk, we've talked about this plenty, but like the problem is church for most of us is 
an hour on Sunday morning. And so then, of course, the guy giving the sermon, like, this is the person who's forming my faith. Of course, it's going to be, it's going to be so easy, especially if they're attractive, especially if they're charismatic, especially if they're narcissistic enough to manipulate us. All three boxes. For sure. I check all three. Uh, especially if they're tall. <laughs> all three. All four. <laughs> but I think like we we it's so easy with cancel culture to say this is all Carl's Carl Lentz's fault. This is all Mark Driscoll's fault. This is all whoever, you know, these yeah. these people. But I think we're we have to also say, like, look, take a step back and look at what like what what's our role as like people who are yeah. consuming what What's happening? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I think it comes down to these types of things are very. You, you start to look at, oh, what was my assumption about what the kingdom of God looks like, or yeah. or the assumption of who Jesus is, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it it brings those things into question, and so so then it 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 should prompt people who have been seeking and affirming. Um, people like Carl Lentz, you know, which are even leaders, like mm-hmm. it really should bring into question what is your image of God, you know, like, yeah. and where is that distorted, and where does that not line up with the actual life of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and that has yeah. to be the mirror that we're all looking at, and we just see it m- much more accentuated with with leaders, mm-hmm. and. And it just it breeds this like seeking, um, seeking an idol. Really, yeah. it's like when you know the. It's like uh, when Moses is leading the people and he goes up to the mountain. He invite everybody's invited to go and see God face to face. They were too scared, so they stayed. Mm-hmm. He goes up. He comes back, and they've created an idol, mm-hmm. and they name the idol Yahweh. Yeah. They actually name it. It's not a different God. It was what they thought was God, was this golden calf. Mm -hmm. And so how often do we do that where we're looking, we're too scared to go face to face with with the true and living God that we created in our own image and then we're okay with it and it's Mm -hmm. comfortable. Well, this is what like Jesus even says. I mean, that's actually, I like that. It's the... Uh, everything else sucks. I like that though. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> All right. No, it's kidding. Uh, no, uh, Jesus says he said, "This is the kingdom of God yeah. that they may know you." Right. That's that's what he says. That's the John eighteen. Let's call it. Uh, it's before that, but uh, John. Let's say seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be also before eighteen. <laughs> you know. If- is it like Price is Right if I say 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whichever is closest. If I'm under, like, yeah. but if you're over, you're disqualified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's okay. going to listen to you okay, anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> In uh, the teens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was yeah. It was the Last Supper. He says, this is the kingdom of God, that they may know you. Uh, and we always think like, no, oh, yeah, we know God. We think of God. We believe in God, all that stuff. But that word know is like an intimacy. It's mm-hmm. It's, like you said, it's a coming face to face. That's the kingdom of God. Do we... Do we rest? Are we able to communally rest in his presence? And if not, then we are creating these golden calves, these Sunday centric, sermon centric, I will call it uh, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I would have gone with Rick Warren esque. Rick Warren esque. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, Jordan. Yeah. yeah that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just that, that Sunday sermon, because that's what that, the, 
really the 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 emphasis on the sermon for so many, especially younger churches, uh, comes from Rick Warren's book, uh, Purpose Driven Church. Or church. Church, life church is church. the first one, yeah. This <laughs> purpose is driven church, then purpose driven life, then purpose driven youth group. What what? Mm. <laughs> but I, I think one? that's I think that's so true. But and I think the next book is purpose driven <laughs> retirement. Yeah, purpose driven <laughs> retirement. Yeah. yeah. But I think you what all of that does then, so we're creating these idols, we're doing all this, and then we end up one misstep away from everything imploding. Our faith imploding, our church mm-hmm. is imploding, yeah. our leadership implode like and it all boils down to this one we've now we've made pastors like this especially celebrity pastors these such idols such golden calves that like the second they let us down mm-hmm. in like the most human of ways most of yeah. the time right like most of these guys aren't Keep on. aren't doing like i mean they're doing very human things they're stealing money they're having affairs they're do they're doing things that drinking too much unfortunately is not that uncommon <laughs> right but yeah. it these it happens and now everything is broken. And yeah. I don't know. I, it's just so, it's baffling how yeah, like people, one that happens. You know? People's like, faith does sorry, Jesse, go ahead. No, people's faith, what? People's faith, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't crumble because of the gospel and Jesus. Mm, right. It crumbles because of people. Humans. Which is a good yeah. thing. Well, I yes. feel like, yeah. I mean, especially if we're talking about American culture and how we all are right now. The, I mean, half the reason you look up so much to the pastors and the people there it's because they're the outpouring of knowledge, right? A lot of times. Most people are too lazy to do their own research and questioning or told not to, like yeah. we've talked about many times too. Is And I think that, that again, is a huge reason why we, like I, we end every podcast, ask questions, ask your questions, ask your yeah. questions. Because you, without the ability to learn to dig into something that you say you believe in, rather than just spouting off things you've heard since you were a kid, yeah. there's way too different like two different sides of that where you just end up having these people that you have to look up to. You have to idolize them because they have this knowledge. You don't, it's unreachable to you, Yeah, but it's not, you're just being lazy. <laughs> and yeah. that, I think that's a big problem going on right now. And that's why you see these things happen. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a constant buildup and letdown because you can't seem to question things or as a community question things. Rather than say, well, well, uh, Mark Driscoll said this, so uh, I guess and this the is truth okay. Is, I was talking I to. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, were you gonna say something? Just a. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was talking to our buddy, our friend Jeff, um, about Driscoll the other day, and I was like, "The yeah, funny thing is, is like the stuff he says, like pre, like you can't say it's wrong. Like he's mm-hmm. not, like he's not out there being like, you know, like like spewing heresy." It's just he's such a dick. Like he just happened to be like a massive asshole. Some things are wrong. I mean, but there's no such thing. You know, I always say this: theology is not about being right. It's about knowing that you may never be right. Yeah, right. That's like the basis of theology. Like uh, doctrinal statements. Um, everyone has a variation of somewhat of the same day. I mean, if you're if you're reformed, you'd be like, well, you tulip. You know, gotta be you know, total depravity or whatever. But the and uh what oh, right total but depravity. Yeah, total, total depravity um but the like it's not about because we're all wrong like that's the thing theology like everybody's wrong like there's no such thing what yeah you know it's it's we're, n- n- nobody has the answer like nobody is like perfectly correct and i think 
Paul knows it. Paul in First uh, Corinthians chapter two, one through five. I'm going to vote chapter one. It is two. <laughs> oh, okay. It is two. So it's one through. It's actually one through like seven or eight. But he talks about how like like when he preaches, he's like he comes towards it with fear and trembling. The, that was my voice, if you guys heard that. Uh, it, it comes through with fear and trembling uh, because it's not by wisdom or knowledge that he expresses the gospel. It's mm-hmm. only through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through his weakness that the gospel is displayed, mm. which is, um, that's something. It's something that the pastors don't do. Like We're, we're a strength-based culture. Mm-hmm. And the church is a strength-based church. And I always say, what if we became a weakness-based church where it's the power of God was more made? Because the power of God truly is more made known through our weaknesses, through the things that we do not do well. We always want, like, what is your strength? How do you do it? Live in your strength so that the church can grow big. It's like, no, well, the gospel is made more perfect, or his power is made more perfect through your weakness through the things that you're not good at. Who cares if you could speak really well and you could be the greatest rhetorical performer of all time. It's like, that's not, yeah, that that'll attract a bunch of people, but that's not what changes lives. What changes lives is in the moments of weakness. Maybe it's just a simple, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just simple. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll go on that journey with you. Hmm. You know, so uh, the one uh, thing I want to swing into, I guess, uh, beyond this all, is to talk about media and how the church uh, is portrayed in the media. All these other things. Obviously, the it wasn't. Don't it wasn't quite as. I like how he says that wasn't a squeak. Nobody has to say no, it. He, he knows it's a squeak. It was, it was a. But you know it is because you're talking. It was almost squeak. Uh, so uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, the documentary obviously has pointed. You know, uh, filming yeah, pointed not the thoughts. Ferris. It's not it's the first documentary. So there's definitely probably very good points to Hillsong and things they yeah. do. I get that. Um, I think that's also kicking the dust under the rug of the issues that we really do need to talk about as church culture. But uh, when it comes to the church and the media, um, I guess I, one of the things that it does annoy me, and I never know how to address it because there, you have very hard different camps in this. You can see this in comments on documentaries and on the podcast of uh, Rise and Fall on Mars Hill. People ripping into the people making these because you're saying, oh, you're just bringing bad light to the church and you're doing more damage than good. You should not be doing this stuff, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, especially with this kind of stuff where we're like, oh, should we be doing this or that or blah, blah, blah. But the the bigger problem is like how the world sees the church. Now that is shedding a negative light on the church as a whole. And I think... It's, um, I have my opinions on that. I guess I just want to throw that out there to say, like, uh, should we be thinking that? Should we be saying, like, let's keep this, uh, you know, between us, guys, guys, no, uh, for the betterment of the church? No, you know? no, because the church has to change. It has to. Yeah. And we talked about that with Craig in the post-pandemic episode. The church has to rethink. We, we just do. We have to rethink... Uh, I'm reluctant to use words like strategy because it's like, we don't actually have to rethink strategy. We just have to do what Jesus told us to do because we don't do that. Right. Like we don't do, we don't go and make disciples. We go and make 
estates. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. it's it's we we're we're, cons- we're we're so concerned about sending out church planters rather than sending out disciple makers. Mm-hmm. We're so worried about building campuses to keep the guy's face on the screen or ladies face on the screen or woman. Excuse me, I got in trouble for saying lady. Jen. Jen. It's, the it's way, not it's the way using. You yeah. Well, if it's Lord and lady. So there you go. Perfect. Okay. It works. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the gentlewoman's. You interrupted yourself. I know. I did. <laughs> but right. Like, like really a gift he has. He's like, wait, hold on. Like we wait, have to, we have to shift <laughs> because sure. And I do, I think it's like a beautiful thing that Carl Lentz, was able to now I, I think it was unfair of the documentary to be like, oh, it was like a perfect match made in heaven. Like Bieber needed a, a image change. Lentz needed a celebrity friend. Is part of that true? Probably, but at the same time, like like I Bieber still is doing worship stuff and he's and he, and he does it probably better than most worship leaders. He just sits on a stool like facing the opposite direction of the thing. I've seen a few videos. I'm like, oh, he's not like being it's central separate from church. When he's performing. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Show. He's when he's not singing "Baby," he's and he's singing <laughs> a Hillsong song. He doesn't dance around on stage and he sits on a stool and he faces the opposite direction of the crowd almost all the time. And I'm just like, you know, that's I, I genuinely, you know, I, I genuinely hope. I don't know this, but I hope that is yeah, genuine. Yeah, it's genuine. Um, but the, but yeah, I think we have to, we have to think of a, it's not change our strategy. It's going back to what Jesus told us to do and it's embracing small, right? We're not, we're, we're not in a culture that embraces small. Like it's, uh, you know, every church planting, the biggest one arc, um, which we, hopefully I think we're going to have a, somebody on the podcast next week, two weeks, who we could talk to him a little bit about arc cause he's writing that book. Ryan, yeah. uh, um, but ARC conference or the ARC church planting network is so concerned. Like they, they want to know how many people have you baptized, how many people get saved each week and how many people go to church and what are your finances? And there's nothing about discipleship. The metrics aren't there. It's not like, are you sending out disciple makers? Like, are you just worried so much about, can we build the building we want to build in the small little micro kingdom that we want to build? Rather, I mean, it's dealing with a franchise. Like, yeah. just how do I duplicate, replicate, redo, yeah. do this, do that? And I think that's, again, the business model that we all have in America is church. You know, you can go to many other places, and yeah. that's not even a thing. Like, people would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I think that's, for me, like, the when it comes to the media side of things, it's it's absolutely, and I think there's no secret, we all probably agree with this, like, it's absolutely necessary to bring these things to light. Yeah. Because we as the church refuse to look at them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the harder part. When when the world can point out major issues with our culture mm-hmm. that we refuse to look at, what's that saying about us? We're just blind following yeah. people that just shove stuff down people's throats, just fluff, yeah. and we're cool with it. Like, how is that, a, how well, is that what, okay? Like I told uh, one of the larger churches in town I had a couple beers with last summer, the lead pastor there. Um, he's a super nice guy. He's cool, hip, wears cool clothes. And, um, but the, has expensive shoes. But I asked him, I was like, hey, have you watched the Rise and Fall, or listened to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill? He's like, no. 
I've heard about it. I just want to avoid it. And I said, that's the one thing you don't need to do. Like just from after our conversation and what he was trying to build at this church, I said, that's the one thing you don't want to do. I think you need to go listen to it because it's a warning sign. It, it might like deter people from church, whatever. But it, I think for church leaders and church people, like it, it's a great warning shot. It's a great warning sign for what to look out for. The other thing to really think about is like, um, like the things that are failing, even Jesus warned about. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and I think that's what people, he, it's like inevitable. This stuff is going to happen, but it is, it needs to be addressed, you know, like, and, and that's okay. Like Jesus was addressing those things in his time. Um, and so we think, and what that does is it can reform your image of God, you know, to, to the correct image, I think. I think when you start removing these things that are maybe false idols, you start to really see, oh, well, instead of me being so cynical, how does this actually compare to, you know, what I assumed was God yeah. um, and, 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 the, and Jesus? And then really see how is that reflected in the Gospels and the work that Jesus actually did. That has to be a constant comparison and not an assumption. Hmm. Um, because the assumption is what gets us in trouble. It's like, oh, this is – so the assumption that this is how church is done or this is the assumption that how leaders should be, we fall mm-hmm. into that trap at, and, and it's, it's an idol. It can be an idol. Um, as opposed to coming face to face with the true reality of of Jesus and when it, and what he talks about uh, when he's talking about the kingdom, you know, and so you know as we see these things in media bring them up, that's totally fine. Now, what the media brings up is obviously the extremes, and not every single church is like that. And I would say, seek out those you know opportunities where you can connect with people that think very differently it's not it should not be an assumption that this is all how believers think or do things yeah mm. um so that's really important but then take that also and say how does this actually compare with the image of Christ because um because we can't assume that oh this is you know then then the life of Jesus and the kingdom of God is not real and it mm-hmm. can't be real um because of all these flawed people. No, Jesus warned about the exact things that go on and see what he says about it. And what does he say as the alternative? And what does he really say about the kingdom of God that is counter to some of the things that we see in the media? I think that's really important. Um, and, and it also should prompt us to ask the questions you asked earlier, Jesse, was like, do we, do we sing the songs of Hillsong? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but it should prompt us to say, let's, let's really l- stop assuming things that these things are right, mm-hmm. that yeah. these songs are okay. Mm-hmm. Let's be a little more critical of it mm-hmm. and really question things. Indeed. And I would say questioning is so important. God can handle it and your leader should be able to handle it. And if you can't ask questions or you ask questions and you get rejected, that's another indication that uh, that's not. Um, or at least of, to me, it would be a concern to say, you know, maybe this isn't the right place for you, but there are other places that will allow you to ask questions. Yeah. God mm-hmm. can handle it. Um, yeah. And so, so our leaders should, and they shouldn't be protected or, yeah. or justify things. They should be able to explain, you know. 
I think that's I mean, a good point. I think uh, even digging further in, and again, like many things, this could be its own podcast as a whole. Um, when you're talking about like uh, digging through your your song repertoire, right? Figuring out like where where it lands, what you feel comfortable with. I think it's also okay. Like so, I've seen so many people arguing about. Uh, well, I love this song, but this one line has me a little. I don't know. Change you know, the line. Change. Well, you can't legally. Oh, who cares? Yeah. Oh, I know churches that have. <laughs> I know. It drives I know. me crazy. We used I'm to like actually, either I, just I, just sing, to, sing the song like, the or don't sing it. Sloppy wet kiss or don't. The whole don't. song okay? is actually fantastic, yeah. except for this one line. Um, I think that's that's something. Uh, something actually, to, shout to the north was the one song that comes to mind. Shout is we could not sing. Uh, what is it? Savior to all. We had to say Savior and King. Oh. Because he's not savior to all. Who's who? Who said that? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but see, I, but I guess I, this, this is the hard part. And I guess anyway. I think you do need to make those choices per the church you're in, right? You have to figure out your culture, what you're actually pouring into, the theology that you are digging into a little bit, and what you're comfortable putting out there. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, I I know I just want to change that nobody is correct. There's nothing wrong with which I do firmly believe but there 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 isn't anything wrong with having a a a set of of beliefs that you that you that you're convicted on like there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with saying well i believe that uh you you know you might be really wrong but i i believe that god's only going to save a hundred thousand people of all whatever it is four hundred thousand people you know as like hardcore calvinists would say um uh and you're like hmm that's nice. Mm-hmm. You're wrong, but go ahead. If you're convicted on that, as long as it's, if it's, is it drawing you closer into a knowledge and are you growing from it? If you're, and that's, a, I think, a question that we have to ask. Is it causing you to grow or is it causing you to consume? Mm-hmm. Right. I think, too, like when you, when you look at the worship songs, especially, it's like, um, we don't, you, I, I guess, I get what you're, like, I get it. I think we should think about what we're singing on Sundays. Yeah. I also think we can't expect our worship music to have perfect theology in the same way that we can't expect our pastors to have perfect theology. And so my gray area is probably bigger for worship music. Like, you know, even if someone, uh, you know, music can be very manipulative, which they touch on in this, um, in the documentary, what? I want to say something about that, but you can finish your thought. Oh, no, go ahead. That's right. No, no but Jennifer, any, <laughs> any it was, if it goes with it, any right. good songwriting is manipulative. Yeah. That's the point. You yeah. want to get in people's brains and to make them think thoughts that it's, maybe they didn't have. Yeah. Feel, feel. And I feel like, uh, I it, feel like good songwriters do that. And all art is made to be that way. Right. Like every, if you're express, if you're using art as an expression, you're hoping to draw emotion out of people. You're hoping to draw a reaction. Any way that we as humans express ourselves is innately going to be that way. Like yeah. we, at the end, we want some kind of response, right? Like yeah. there's nothing yeah. worse than like, okay, let's say I'm a spoken word poet and I go up and I do this so huge. super cool. Yeah. I want snaps. I want a lot of emotion from people, no but snaps I'm, are bad, Jen. but I'm manipulating them or, or, Again, we get in the it's incorrect thought, but whatever. But the or like in the documentary, (laughs) 
they talk about like the weepy pastor phenomenon where all of these guys are manipulating us with <laughs> tears of say like every sermon it's mm-hmm. it's emotional there's tears right like all of these things are ultimately an expression that scene though drove me nuts because well, i was like he's faking the hem mess they, and then he admits that he was faking he it. also could have been making a joke and they pulled that line they could have no he's faking it i but don't disagree all of that to say my whole thing with this music aspect is that i think it's a, it's our intention as we use it within our our lives within our churches whatever like if there's one line that's bad theology your pastor's probably also going to say something that day that's maybe not a hundred percent good theology, or maybe you don't agree with, but that doesn't mean that that song can't be, can't lead people to authentic worship, right? Like, I think that's what we miss is we're saying like, this one line is bad theology, savior and king to all, not like, why are we arguing over two words? Well, and we've, does that take anything away? Ironically. Uh, the great schism of the 11th century, the split between the East and the West, was because of one word. <laughs> it's the Fallocchi com- controversy. So all of that to so. say, we are, we are, I think we tend to forget how different everyone is and how one mm-hmm. word can mean something so different to somebody than another. Yeah. And you see that even in Bible translation, like what's the true ro- root of this word? And if if we want, if we expect worship music to be perfect, if we expect a sermon to be perfect, if we expect humans to be perfect, we're going to be let down. Yeah. So does it matter that, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's music is music, yeah, but you should stay away from like blatant heresy. Sure. Like, like, <laughs> like, but, Oh, like, but because Mormonism Carl Lentz sucks and let a bunch of people down. <laughs> yeah. But we, like we've already talked about, is human, yeah. does that mean we can't sing the songs that came out of the church he was a part of? I don't know. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a fair assumption to everyone that wrote those songs and their intent. Yeah, it's a it's the same thing of um recently, was it the English tennis championship or whatever the heck tennis does? They, 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 uh, <laughs> Wimbledon, whatever those whatever, the, the one of those British Open or whatever skirmishes. Uh, they, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they barred Russians from participating. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I have thoughts on that. I don't want to get into like politics, but the, I'm like, uh, it's not like, is that fair to those yeah, athletes? It's not like, uh, they're not Putin. whoever Javich isn't, <laughs> isn't allowed to. Like it's not like he's the one who chose to bomb or to invade Ukraine. Yeah, and I guarantee that that person doesn't agree with it. So or why they, are we punishing yeah. that person for that's the wrongdoings of somebody else? You know, and I think the same. That's a, obviously a, a, a lower, much larger scale. It's like should we punish uh, people who wrote songs out of some level of conviction? Uh, you would hope so, at least. Uh, should we punish those people? Because of the wrongdoings of the leaders of that church, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, yes, like Mars Hill, like Mars Hill. I would say Mars <laughs> Hill had some kick-ass music. Like people, people don't realize that they had like Justin Krinsu. Cause I don't know his last name. He's he has good stuff. Yeah, but you have like uh, guy. you have King's Kaleidoscope. You have Citizens. You have the Sing Team. Like all of that music is so so good. And do we punish them because Mark Driscoll was an ass? Mm-hmm. No. That music is so good. That music is legit, and, it, and that comes from a place of conviction for them. And they 
say the F word in songs and whatever, who cares? You know, it's like, uh, I think that that's where you have to separate the, the thing. Do we, do we blame the masses for the one, you know? Which again, comes down to the idol issue, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Again, one person lets us down and now we're questioning the music. We're questioning all of the people that have been part of these establishments for really, now again, this, this documentary makes it look like there's a lot that's wrong. They make it, they really want you to believe everyone is manipulating everyone. I yeah. felt like at the end of it. And it's so like the first episode was like, Oh, everything. It sucks. Right. Like yeah. it was so easy to get sucked into this, um, like poo pooing on of Hillsong, <laughs> right? Like I, yeah. it was so easy to just say mm-hmm. to just absorb that as they've done everything wrong. What a terrible example mm-hmm. of Christianity! I think the harder part—that's the danger <clears throat> in consuming this kind of yeah. stuff. And you have to realize, like, it's probably not as bad as the documentary is saying, but it's still not good. I think right? to like, me, it's, it's not like a having been. I think I could see like separating people that have been at church for freaking ever and people that don't go to church, how you could take this one way or the other. But like for me, I read that so much more into the systemic way the church was built rather than the people and the the intentional abuse of individuals. Rather than like to me, I see it's more of a system issue. And that's it was built yeah. to function that way probably poorly. Like you should not have done that. Yeah. And some people very excitedly like are trying to bring people into this college and all these other things because they truly believe in it. Yeah. Truly have like love for this place and this thing. And so to like put blame on everybody is a hard thing. But you have to like understand it's a systemic failure right there. Mm-hmm. To think that church didn't create one true disciple is just not accurate, yeah. right? And if they created one like that yeah. if we're if we are bringing if we are creating disciples in the world, like they've done that. It's just like how, where were people let down? Where were people misled? That's the danger, but we don't know. We just can't know all of that. I think it's important to be able to distinguish between, for instance, you mentioned Bieber, like, oh, he had, you know, Carl Lentz did have impact on him and Carl Lentz is a failure, but Justin Bieber is still what, you know, still involved in, you know, whatever music and involved yeah. in church. That Kanye. should be, that His should be. didn't end with what, Carl Lentz. Yeah. You know? Yes. But, and so that should be, prompt us to say, that's a work of the Holy Spirit, not Carl, of yeah. Carl Lentz. Mm. And so if we say, oh, it is because of what even God was doing through Carl Lentz, then we can get Carl Lentz or somebody like him back in that position of influence. Mm. Yeah. No, it's God's, mm. God's, Work is going to continue despite with, despite <laughs> yes. everything, despite us trying to conquer all these mountains, mm. you know, yeah. like, yeah. and and that's what we have to trust. So anybody that's listening to that thing is like, it, it is so important to kind of step back and say, okay, well, what can I distinguish between the flawed human mm-hmm. aspect of this and then go back to the gospels and compare it to the true life of, of Christ mm-hmm. and and be able to really use that as a mirror to how I need to live my own life and how we should make each other accountable, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just so important. And and so it, it's it's a major misstep if we just say, oh, yeah, the church is just so flawed. And But 
what are the things that cause it to be flawed? It is a, it is the system. It is, it is Brian Houston had this vision that I think was devoid of really the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and you also use the justification. For instance, you know, the idea of without vision, the people perish, you know? So we, what does that actually mean Yeah, from Proverbs 29? What that actually means is not a business vision, which is the way Brian Houston interprets that. It is actually create, it is the word of God. Yeah, It is actually the vision of creating a path. And so for us to say, oh no, it's this, we use like some of our modernized words yeah. to justify some of these things has to come into question. And so once it does, it's like, oh, okay. It just kind of recenters you to go back to um, being face to face with with God. Yeah, it's the uh, like Chrysostom, who was a church father back in the before the Catholics became the Catholics. Um, the uh, talks about that passage. I was just actually reading it today he, in his commentary on First Corinthians. He talks about that passage in. First Corinthians chapter two, which is why I know it was chapter two, by the way. Uh, but he talks about, uh, he says, cause Paul talks about wisdom. Um, and he says the wisdom, cause the whole thing is I don't rely on my own wisdom. I come in fear and trembling, uh, uh, to preach the wisdom of God or to preach the testimony of the wisdom of God is what that phrase means. Uh, and he says, you know, the wisdom and the testimony and the wisdom of God, Chrysostom says, and I think this is so powerful, is the cross of Jesus. That the wisdom and the testimony of who God is is wrapped up fully in the cross of Christ. And I couldn't help but think, kind of as a thing about this podcast, is uh, church leaders have lost the focus of that wisdom. That we've lost the focus of, we're so consumed with building a bigger thing. And of course, like our church is small, our church has to grow. And we talk about it a lot, blah, blah, blah. But the, um, if we want to survive, right. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to go to find another job. The, uh, but the, uh, the, the focus, the focus of the church and the focus of these leaders has to become of what Christ taught as Jordan was saying, and what Christ was thinking and it has to be focused on the wisdom of God, which is found through the through the cross of Jesus. And the the phrases over and over again that Jesus says, the phrase of take up your cross and follow me is not rhetorical. Mm-hmm. It's active. It's be willing to go. It's and, and also just thinking of Jesus' time, there was an assumption about Jesus or the idea of the Messiah was uh-huh. going to be this person who overtakes yeah. the nation. And you're right, it's the cross. What surprised everybody, and they didn't know until um, until his death, and what he was talking about in code, about I will be, you know, this temple will be raised in three days. Yeah. Like, they were like, what is he talking about? He's talking about himself. He's saying, no, this idea and assumption and probably an idol you had of what the kingdom of is and what the Messiah is, is totally wrong. Yeah, it is this way, and he goes to the cross. Yeah, and this was—it's like uh, when I was talking when I spoke uh, on Good Friday. Uh, I totally missed it in the moment. Even in my preparation, I missed it because uh, my brain uh, 
I was like, I was so focused on Easter, but the, <laughs> I missed it. And I actually brought it back to uh, on Easter, but there's a line in John chapter 20. I'm assuming right? 19, 19, <laughs> no, I'm just undercutting your 17, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's this whole, like it, the, this, there's a scene with Jesus and Pilate, right. That happens. And oh, man. right. Yeah. And, and G and Pilate, Pilate's whole job is there is to squash uprisings and squash mm-hmm. the, 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 the Jewish people's desire to have their own kingdom. That's this whole thing. And Pilate says, no, that's uh, I don't see anything wrong with, Jesus, he poses no threat, which is crazy because Pilate's job is to squash people like Jesus. Like that's his job, uh, and he says, "I don't see anything wrong with this." He says, "His kingdom's of this world." But then it gets to the end of this story, and there's this line that they say, "Do he goes?" Uh, I, there's this other guy, Barabbas. It's customary to, for me to give somebody back to you. Do you want Jesus or Barabbas? They'll say Barabbas, and then it says, "For Barabbas was a revolutionary." And I was just like, I was like, for Barabbas was revolutionary. Let's talk about the kingdom of God. And I, and I went back to it like the next day. I was like, shit, I totally missed out. The Jewish people wanted what you were saying. They wanted the sword. They wanted the revolution. They did not want the cross. They wanted the, the earthly kingdom, the power, the authority, the uh, control over, over the people. That's what they wanted. So they wanted Barabbas. They wanted the revolutionary. They did not want the cross. But the wisdom is found in the cross. Well, even in coming back to how this all plays out in Hillsong, like people want that revolution. People want the conquering of the mountains and, and, yeah. and all these things. And this is what the 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 uh, business model directs toward, you know, and and change your mind, change your model, change your thought process and how that, I said it once, once. Yep. Um, uh, but, uh, change it. Like you need to choose, choose the direction of the cross rather than the uprising. And I think that plays out in, in your faith, your religion, your everything else like that. Cause I think as Christians, again, we hold so strongly to politics being that uprising or this or that. And it's a big failure when it comes down to it. Yeah. Who cares if Donald Trump is president? Yeah. Who cares like, who is president? Uh, who cares who? My parents do. In fact, it's like <laughs> uh, going back to Bonhoeffer. Uh, Bonhoeffer is so vital and important because he stood up against the the evangelical Lutherans. He stood up against those people because he recognized that the kingdom was greater than what was taking place in the state house or whatever. That re- that regardless if it means death, which it meant for Bonhoeffer, regardless if it means death, that the kingdom of God is worthy of death. It's and so when people say, "Well, you know, Trump or Biden, whatever," is that they're the God's messengers? Like, no, they're not. Like, that shouldn't be the focus. The focus is not in the conquering of this world. The focus is on uh, the movement of the spirit the making of disciples and being the kingdom in your context, mm-hmm. being the kingdom on your street, in your neighborhoods, at the bar, at yeah. the coffee shop, yeah. whatever. If Heaven you still go to those is here and now yeah. building up to something to cause an uprising is not, the you don't have goal. to conquer and the seven wisdom mountains is in the cross. It's now that's next year's church theme. I think wisdom is in the cross. Now won't be, but <laughs> no, won't be. 
Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? We're like on our. Well, I was just here. thinking, like the idea. You know, we were talking about Moses and Mount Sinai. Ooh, whoa! The punch. The phrase is thought right process. The, <laughs> the thought, thought process. process. <laughs> no, it's the thought process. <laughs> I get excited. Don't make him too angry. He does all the editing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> delete that. <laughs> um. Well, the. You know, when you look at scripture, there's the idea of the temple. Um, which is where heaven and and earth overlap, and there's indications of that. Would of, you say is where they collide? Col- you could say collide. <laughs> <laughs> um, but church jokes. But oh, there was that with Eden, where God actually walked. Um, that happened on Mount Sinai with Moses and God's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened in the temple, the actual uh, tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Um, so God's presence was always in this overlap of heaven and, and earth, which is part of what the kingdom is. And, and now, because of Jesus' work, uh, the Holy Spirit can reside in us. And we are the temple. We are the new temple to bring about the, the kingdom of God through exactly what you said, Evan, just being able to uh, meet people where they're at in, in your context. And that is so important. And now, at so, least it's a, an excuse to drink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I, I just think that's important for us as we evaluate these things is what is our view of, of what the church is and what believers are. And, um, and that heaven's not this far off place. And we're not trying to figure out how to get the kingdom here. The kingdom is already here. Yeah. Okay. And it is the working out through um, following Christ, taking up our cross, and being that that temple to and meeting people where they're at. And uh, if we think it's anything beyond that, I mean, maybe my theology will change in, in time, but at least what I feel right now. As you get closer to death. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it was all wrong. <laughs> um I just, I, I just think that's important. Is not this big vision of of how we're going to conquer the world, but it's this big vision that God had to restore the world through His people and through mm. the life of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snaps uh, because that's bad. Don't I know, do that. I was just kidding. Um, that's a good way uh, to close it out. Thank you, Jordan, for uh, putting that nicely as we finish off this episode number two. If you guys didn't catch the last one, go back and listen to it. Obviously, you'll be massively confused by a lot of things we reference. Um, anyway, before Evan uh, blows through it, uh, follow us at ChristianAFPodcast.com. Uh, uh, go to all the the uh, Facebook, Twitter, all, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, you can find links there. And send us information about what you'd like to hear us talk about, people you want us to reach out to you have on the podcast. Jordan is going to be a regular. We just talked about it. Um, Jabbing with yeah. Jordan. No, Jabbing with Jordan. <laughs> Once we name it with an alliteration, yeah. Yeah, there's no... You have no... to come back. You, Do I get my own theme song? Sure. You can yeah. write it. You could write it, yeah. Jabbing. We all... Jabbing. <laughs> Jabbing Jordan. Done. Nice bass hook at the end. Um, uh, we could yeah. use an actual theme song and not one that we yeah, just Jordan, get downloaded. On it. What are you doing? What? Could. It's for the kingdom. Like our opening music is a oh, just yeah. like a write free download. Yeah. Christian AF means and friends. I think <laughs> <laughs> Christian AF means and friends. Uh, season four will have a new song. No, uh, 
So anyway, uh, go everywhere that you can rate us only the best of stars, uh, whatever you can do, or halos, as we say. Yeah. Um, five and halos. Five halos. Uh, buy us a drink on the buy website. Buy us a drink on the website. Uh, that's the other thing. Uh, we're working on sponsors. If you guys know anybody who actually wants to sponsor us or we'd fit in well with, and if you're listening to this and you've listened to all of our podcasts, you might know what we kind of would fit Can we get well that with. Zondervan money? What's so, that? Like the Bible publisher. Oh. <laughs> you reach out, Evan. Yeah. Figure that out. He's uh, we have, we're, we yeah, have a couple of people money. Re- reaching out we to could, you. So. We could promote the purpose-driven retirement. <laughs> yeah. Just write that. Yeah, it's probably not trademark. Yeah, we'll just let him know we've been promoting it for a while. Yeah. If he wants to get on that book. Yeah. Yeah. I did reach out to Andy Stanley, and I have not heard back. Uh, High hopes. Oh. He's a good guy, right? He'll reach back. He, he emails everybody back, as he you does, said. He does, yeah. Okay, we'll uh, see about that. So we'll be sponsored by like his clothesline, like the Andy Stanley khakis, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's right. Khakis yeah, and loafers by khakis. Andy Stanley. Yeah. Um, yeah. But JC Penney's brought to you by <laughs> Andy, Andy Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> so if you start hearing uh, commercials coming up, uh, know that it's people that we actually want to sponsor. We just it's need just beer money. We need That's beer all money, we guys. really want. Help us out with beer and money. And microphone money. cheap. And Jen uh, wants a new microphone stand. Anyway, uh, I think that's all my points. Yeah, we yeah. had some cool interviews coming up too. Yeah, um, a few people on the on the docket. We're going to keep a surprise for now, but uh, I already share. Yeah, well, you didn't say the full name, so. Yeah. Uh, but basically, uh, we can't do this without people listening. So share, share, share this with people, um, all of your Christian friends that you want to piss off. Or share not. it with them, uh, <laughs> or people that. Are not Christians and like with your jokes. super fundamentalist Baptist pastor. Oh my gosh, we get so much hate mail. Uh, so yeah, share it. Let people know about us. We can't do this without listeners. So uh, thank you guys for listening. As per usual, question your pastor, your church, your faith, your uh, theology, theology, and your ties to Hillsong or not. I don't yeah. know to false idols. To false, false idols. idols. I don't know. Figure that out yourself. Golden cat. Dig into it. Uh, ask questions. That's the whole point. Keep asking questions. In the meantime, I am Jesse. Jordan <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> Social security I'm number. <laughs> I'm Evan. I'm Jen. And that was Christian Air. Thank you.